Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson, and the New York Giants just lost by one point to the Los Angeles Rams. We're here to give you the instant reaction and recap of this game, what it means for this Giants team, what it means for their draft positioning, which is starting to get a little bit scary to look at, especially if you're in the tank boat. If you're looking for the New York Giants tanking for the highest overall pick, well, a lot happened around the league today. Arizona Cardinals beating the Philadelphia Eagles, huge for the NFC playoff race, also huge for the Giants draft position as they took a little bit of a tumble and the Washington Commanders went up the board. So we'll talk about what it means for the Giants and their draft order, but I do think there are some huge takeaways from this New York Giants game. Listen, the number one takeaway that I'm going to say, I'm going to start off right off the bat by saying it, this team is still playing hard for Brian Dable. Brian Dable was the head coach of the year last season for many reasons. He absolutely earned that award. He deserved it. That honor that he received for taking that New York Giants team to the playoffs. At the beginning of the season, though, the Giants got off to a really bad start. They were starting to really falter around the midway point of the year. And there were fans, there were analysts who started to call Dable into question, say, is he the right guy? Was it just a flash in the pan last season? I think that what we've seen over these last several several weeks, even though it hasn't necessarily translated to wins, there were a few wins, there were a few losses. But what we've seen is a team fighting really hard for its head coach, playing really hard for Brian Dable, and we've seen him win challenges, we've seen him make some pretty good decisions, some gutsy calls that really should have paid off, like the two-point conversion today. I think that Brian Dable is proving down the stretch of the season that, yes, he did struggle a bit at the beginning of the year, but he course-corrected, and he made some adjustments over the second half of the season to remind us why he was the head coach of the year last year, and to instill that confidence in us going into this offseason that while there is a lot wrong with this New York Giants team right now, at least they have the head coach right. I do still believe that. Yes, my confidence did waver at some point during the season. It was a tough season and it's not over yet. We still got one game left to play against the Philadelphia Eagles, but I think that I will walk away from the season confident in Brian Dable, definitely saying give him at least another year to prove himself going into 2024. I am happy that Brian Dable is going to be the head coach. It doesn't seem like there's any chance he gets fired and I'm happy about that. So going into this offseason, I think that one of the main takeaways from this game and the past several games, this New York Giants team is still playing balls to the wall, still playing very hard for their head coach, Brian Dable, and that's something that we can be grateful for. So we're going to go ahead and discuss all of that and more in this recap episode, but before we dive into all that, make sure to like if you did enjoy this episode, subscribe to the channel if you are new, ring the bell so you don't miss an episode, comment your thoughts on the game and on the topics down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants, and have a very happy New Year's. If you're all out there having some celebrations, having a good time ringing in 2024, be careful, stay safe, but have a great time and celebrate it with some friends or family or both. Uh, But without further ado, Alex, Happy New Year's. How are you doing today, my friend? And how are you feeling coming off of this New York Giants narrow loss to the Los Angeles Rams? I'm doing uh, pretty good, I guess I could say. That was a really strange game. Kind of wrapped up the just a second ago. You were talking about everyone staying safe and stuff for the holidays. Kind of sounded like a flight attendant there. I wasn't sure if I was flying spirit airs with the way Giants played the last couple minutes there. But I'll tell you what, you know, this Giants team confuses the hell out of me, man. It really does. The mistakes, like 
in one second they're operating at like a high level and you're like you're watching Darius Slayton catch 80 yard throws you're watching this guy run for 40 yards and Wandale's catching passes and moving the ball and you know Waller's catching passes and, and Saquon's running the football and the defense Dane Belton's turning the two interceptions like they're operating man they look good and then they make the dumbest mistakes like the dumbest mistakes I've ever freaking seen the the two-point conversion what the hell was that throw from Tyrod Taylor? The multiple drops by Saquon, I've never seen him drop that many passes in my life. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, the draw play on second down when they needed more yardage to give Mason Crosby. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? The Giants consistently confuse me. Consi- and I sit here and I'm like, look, the game in some respects was coached very well. Good challenges, you know, decent timeout usage. Like, there was nothing that stood out to me as, like, a major liability, but... Except for, like, the weird boneheaded mistakes, like Tyra Taylor throwing the ball into double coverage, easy interception. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not going to fault him because he, at least he's throwing the ball downfield and trying to take shots and trying to move the football. Like, it happens. Like, I've seen worse interceptions. But it, it's just really interesting to me how you, we see this Giants team, like, take two steps forward and then shoot themselves. Not even the foot. They shoot themselves in the freaking head. And then they just sit there and they're like, oh, like, now we gotta fight. we got to fight back from our own mistakes over and over. And then somehow they stay in the game. Like, somehow they bring it to one point because Gunnar Olszewski runs back a punt. Like, what the hell is that? This team is confusing, man. Every every single week is just an emotional roller coaster. Usually it's like, this is the worst day of my life. Today it was like, this could be interesting. Worst day of my life again. But nonetheless, that leads us into the interesting conversation of how does this impact the Giants' draft situation? Well, guys, Arizona won today, and that's really bad for us, and I'll tell you why. Arizona is the one of the only few teams ahead of us in the draft order, now behind us, right, right in front of us, actually. One of the few teams that are in front of us that don't necessarily need a quarterback, right? Kyler Murray looked sharp today. Looked great. Really good running game. Threw the ball. Ran the ball well. They look good. They're probably not going to draft a quarterback. It means they're going to trade back, you know, for a team that may need one. They have the second overall pick. Now the Giants look at them and say, well, crap. You know, we wanted that second pick. We wanted to trade up, get that guy. Now, you know, it was in front of them. Now it goes Bears, Washington, New England. Two teams that are definitely taking quarterbacks. So if the Giants want a quarterback, you know, given they do actually want a quarterback, they're going to have to trade a number one, or they're going to have to take the third best available option. Next week, there's a, there's an op- there's, a, there's a chance a miracle does happen, right? The miracle would be this. The Patriots beat the Jets, which is a very doable. If you watch the Jets this past Thursday night against the Browns, their defense has given up. They, have, they don't even look like they're competitive, competing right now. Their offense can't move the ball. It's really bad. Um, the Patriots almost snuck out a win today against the the Bills. It, it wasn't really much of a sneak out a win. They they did not look as good as the Bills. They threw a lot of interceptions. It looked didn't look good, but they stuck around. You know they stuck they stuck around enough for them to be in the game. One mistake and they could have been right back in it. Um, so you know if they beat the Jets, the Giants now move up and Arizona could beat Seattle. Like we just watched them beat the Seahawks, or rather uh, the Eagles. So. You know, how are you feeling about this whole draft situation? It's getting crazy. The last week, next week could be insane. The Eagles don't look good. If the Giants play like they did today against the Eagles, they might beat them. They are not a good team right now. Um, Now, obviously, they lost last week. Another game the Giants could have won. But I'll say this right now. If the Giants have a competent offense, an offense that doesn't make boneheaded mistakes, do dumb shit. Excuse my language. That's how I feel right now. They're going to beat these teams in the future. These these one point, these three point games, the Giants are winning these games if they have just a relatively competent offense. That's all they need, just competency, and they will win these games. Their defense is good enough, and I think they get better over in the next uh, couple of years as they get healthier and add more pieces and free agency and whatnot. But how are you feeling right now about this draft situation? How things have unfolded, and kind of your your perspective on the on the whole situation. 
Yeah, I mean, like you said, the Cardinals winning that game uh, didn't do the Giants any favors in terms of the draft order. Really, next week, they do have a path to the number two overall pick, albeit a slim one. I'll lay the path out there for you. Washington has to beat Dallas. New England has to win, as you mentioned, Alex. And Arizona, forget who they're playing, but they also have to win. If those three teams do win next week and the Giants lose, the Giants will be picking number two overall right behind the Chicago Bears, who, if you watch today's game, Bears versus Atlanta Falcons, in the snow, Justin Fields looked great, and he played a really good game, and he's been playing some really good football this season. There are many believers in Justin Fields out there, and a lot of them do lie within that Chicago Bears building. There's a really good chance that they do hold on to Justin Fields and trade out of that number one overall pick, which then would mean that the Giants have an opportunity to go ahead and get that quarterback with a top selection. However, with the Chicago Bears holding the first overall pick and the Giants now holding the fifth overall pick, it's now a question of how far are the Bears willing to trade it down. They might have a cap to that. They might limit it at down to the third pick. Maybe they're only considering negotiating with teams like Washington or New England. You know, those are the second and third teams in the draft order. They might not be willing to go down to number five because then the Arizona Cardinals are in front of them. The Arizona Cardinals could then get the prospect that's not a quarterback that the Chicago Bears want, like a Marvin Harrison Jr. or Malik Neighbors, whoever the, the Bears want. They're risking the Arizona Cardinals taking that player if they trade down with the New York Giants now. So, the Giants find themselves in a tough situation if this is how the draft order officially lands going into um, the offseason. But again, there is an avenue here for them to move all the way up to the number two overall pick. It's unlikely. I think realistically, the highest that they go is number three. But no matter what, it looks like the Washington Commanders are going to be selecting in front of the New York Giants, which is concerning. We discussed it in an episode a few days ago, Alex. Washington is enthralled by Caleb Williams. They are desperate to move up and trade for Caleb Williams. They want to go ahead and get him. That's what we were hearing from some leaked sources, from ESPN, whatever. The, the Chicago Bears might be open to giving that pick to Washington. Washington goes ahead, drafts their quarterback. The New York Giants, if that's the quarterback that they wanted, they are out of luck because Washington was ahead of them in the draft order. So this, this weekend had some pretty significant ramifications on the Giants draft order. How concerned am I by this whole equation? Not all that much. I've kind of given my thoughts and opinions on this before. I'm not a pro-tank guy. I don't believe that landing the highest overall draft pick instantly equates to getting the best player in the draft. There are plenty of examples where the best quarterback did go number one. There's plenty of quarter examples where the third quarterback taken off the draft board was the best in the class. So for the New York Giants, you really just have to make the most of your picks, draft and develop the talent that you grab, and just hope that the player that you want lands in your lap. The draft is a crapshoot. Sometimes those can't miss all-star prospects they don't pan out. That's very frequent that you see that happen in the NFL. And sometimes those boomer bust guys that are like the third ranked player at their position, they're the ones that pan out. You really never know what the NFL drafts. So for the New York Giants, I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself, say that, oh man, this stinks or oh man, this is exciting. Listen, it is what it is. And when the draft rolls around, we'll see what the Giants do. But one thing that I'll say, don't discredit the fact that Joe Shane likes to make trades. He wants to trade up whenever he can. His motto that he goes by, scared money don't make money. If the New York Giants are sitting there, I'll lay out a whole different scenario here. If Washington does indeed trade up to the number one overall pick, imagine they have the second pick and they trade up to number one. And then you have them take Caleb Williams, that number two pick now owned by Chicago, then becomes a spot that the Giants can trade into to get in front of the New England Patriots. So maybe the Giants don't pick number one. Maybe they don't have to go all the way up there. Maybe they can trade up to two or maybe the third overall pick, and that's where they can draft their quarterback, whether it be the first, second, or third guy off the board, whatever the case might be. 
There are so many different scenarios here, and it's going to be really exciting to see it play out. But right now, I'm just trying not to get too far ahead of myself. Yeah, the Giants have fallen down the draft order. They're picking fifth overall now, and they've got some teams ahead of them that really do spell trouble for their chances of drafting a quarterback. But again, so much can change between now and the draft. So I know a lot of Giants fans might be frustrated with the way that the draft order looks right now. There's still another week left to play in the regular season. Any given Sunday, you never know who's going to win and who's going to lose. And then again, you got all those months ahead from now until the NFL draft. You've got the scouting combine. You've got the shrine games, the bowl games, and all the senior bowl games, all of that stuff left to play. So there is a long time between now and the draft and a lot can change. So looking at this draft order right now, if this is the way that it shapes out and the Giants are picking fifth, I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's going to be tough to get a top three quarterback on the draft board. And really, it's going to come down to how aggressive Joe Shane wants to be. If Joe Shane is kind of 50-50 on it, it's like, I'm fine sticking with Daniel Jones, but I'd like to get a quarterback, but it's not a necessity. The Giants are going to end up sticking with Daniel Jones. But if he's like, I don't want I don't want to stick with Daniel Jones. I do not want him starting next year. Get him off this team. Then Joe Shane's going to have to make a bold move. He's going to have to trade up and he's going to have to go ahead and get the quarterback that he wants. It's very unlikely that the quarterback that he wants is just going to fall into his lap. That almost never happens for most teams. I mean, sometimes it does, but really looking at the draft history... The teams that get the quarterbacks that they want, they trade up to get them. So picking fifth overall, I think that's the main takeaway from picking fifth overall, being fifth in the draft order right now. If the New York Giants want a specific quarterback, not just any quarterback, but a specific guy, they're realistically going to have to make a bold trade up to go ahead and get him. Now, who will that quarterback be? Is it Caleb? Is it Drake? Is it Jaden? I don't know. Again, five months left to, left until this uh, NFL draft. You can have a lot of risers and a lot of fallers in the draft order and the rankings. But again, it's going to be interesting. And I think that the main takeaway from the current draft order is that if the New York Giants are dead set on getting a specific player, they're probably going to have to make a godfather offer over to the Chicago Bears and try and move up to the first overall pick to go ahead and get their guy. But Alex, how are you feeling about that? You know, how, with them picking fifth, you, you kind of see it the way that I see it. Or do you think that maybe there's a chance Jaden Daniels, for example, still falls to fifth overall in their lap? Um, and, you know, after watching this game in the last few games, the Giants still have a lot of needs on this team. They have a decent enough roster. Like you said, they could have won that game with Tyrod. They can win some of these games. You feel you still feel comfortable, like giving up the ship, you know, trading it all away, looking at all the holes on this team, still feel comfortable giving up a lot of assets to go get that quarterback? Or do you think that maybe this team isn't as far off as we thought five weeks ago, and they've kind of shown in recent weeks that there's something to build on, and maybe they should just stick with most of what they got and go forward from there? Yeah, man, it's it's an impossible question. Look, if a lot of people are going to say, no, we don't want to trade, you know, multiple first round picks for a quarterback. And I understand it. Like I get it. It's 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 based of fear because you're passing on, you know, having a first round talent in the next two drafts, let's say this year and next year. You know, you give up two first round picks to move up three or four spots. Let's, let's just assume that's what it is. It could be more. But let's say two first round picks. I'm giving that up. And why, you might ask? Well, there's no guarantee any pick's going to be a good player, you know, even a competent player. We've seen many first-round picks the Giants have taken end up becoming busts. I mean, the latest one is Evan Neal. Um, do I need to go further? The truth is, you make GMs make their money in the in the rounds two to seven, not the first round. You know, you need to be able to find competent players, good players. Like the performance we saw from Dane Belton today, that was a good game from him. You know, we saw some decent oper- decent uh, plays from Cordell Flott. Um, you know, th- these are the type of things that you need to see. Wandell Robinson looks like a stud. Jalen Hyatt, yes, he had um, a drop, but he also made some nice some nice uh, plays. I think that he had a decent game ultimately. It could be better. I think he's growing and developing. That one play, the fourth and one, um, the, I, I know you probably recall, towards the end of the game, fourth and one, 
Tyrod Taylor throws it beneath the sticks to Jalen Hyatt. It was slightly behind him. That was on Tyrod Taylor. That was not on Jalen Hyatt. Um, he threw it behind him. How was he supposed to catch it behind him and then turn up field when guys are about to tackle? It's not going to freaking happen. If you watch it back, it was Tyrod's fault. Um, so I'm not blaming Hyatt for that. And the truth is this. like The Giants will only go as good as far as a quarterback is going to take them, right? This game was lost because, you know, there was a couple of big mistakes. It was a team loss. You know, you're never going to pin it on one guy, but Tyrod made some really silly mistakes in this game. There was some drop passes by Saquon, some holding calls. You know what I mean? Everyone shares the blame. But the truth is this. Like, the Giants could have won some of these games if they had a more explosive, electrifying quarterback that didn't make as many mistakes. In the past, we've seen Daniel Jones just make just as many mistakes. You know, he is not mistake prone. Um, Before he went down this year, he was making a ton of them. So it's like, where do you really sit? What, what do you, how do we, how do I ask answer that question right now? Where do the Giants go? Well, you go for a quarterback that has the upside to fit this offense perfectly. And if you watch Tyrod Taylor, this offense looks competent at times, and he plays so similar to Jaden Daniels. You guys know I'm a huge Jaden Daniels fan. I love his fit with this offense. A vertical guy, he can get the ball downfield, he can take off running, pick up first towns, explosive athleticism, really decent accuracy. And look, the truth is this, like. He fits this offense like a glove, and he's not going to miss those plays, man. He doesn't make those mistakes. You watch him at LSU, and if you think he makes those mistakes, and you're in the comments saying, you don't watch you don't watch the college football, you, neither do you, because I know for a fact you haven't seen jack shit if you think that he makes those same mistakes, because he doesn't. He shows up in those big games and dominates. That's what he does, and you can't even argue against it, because you can go watch the damn film if you want, and because and, you know Anthony and I have been sitting here watching these games of his, and the guy makes the plays. I'm a huge Jaden Daniels fan. If the Giants had a chance to get him, I am absolutely getting him. And it's not even a conversation for me. I'm going to get him. And I'm happy with Caleb Williams too. You know what I mean? Happy getting any quarterback really that has the upside that can make this offense something actually feared, legitimate. You know what I mean? The Giants should have won this game, and they didn't because they made some really bad offensive mistakes. And they turned the ball over and gave the Rams good field position. It is what it is. We needed a Gunnar Olszewski really like miracle return to keep us in this game. Otherwise, we were we were dead to rights. So you know, you ask me if if it's worth it. If if it's you know, we should be looking at a quarterback. Absolutely, because the quarterback is the most important position of football. And if you ask anybody, it's one of the most important positions in all of sports. If you have a bad quarterback or a mediocre quarterback, you are not winning games. You're not winning a Super Bowl. You need to have an elite quarterback to win Super Bowls in this day and age. The Giants do not have one, and if the Giants view a guy as a potentially elite player, they need to go out and get one because this is a strong quarterback class. And there's some guys with the talent, the upside, the ceiling to be that good. That's why I am, you know, certainly in the mindset of we need another quarterback. We need a guy because it also helps us financially down the road and allows us to spend a little bit more money at a pass rusher or the offensive line. So there's a lot of variables here that aid in that. But again, you guys know my take on this. Really about the Giants today. And I think one of the more important points that you made, and this will be my last thing, the team fought for Brian Dable today. They played for him. And I think that is an underrated narrative that should not go unspoken. Because if you go watch what the Jets did on Thursday, they did not play. That defense did not play for Robert Sala, and he is a defensive-minded coach, right? He is a defensive coach, and that defense gave up on him. The Giants did not give up on Brian Dable. They're fighting. They're playing. And I think that's something that we should talk about because – uh, or we'll, maybe tomorrow we'll discuss that on Tuesday when the hangover wears off. You know, we'll definitely discuss exactly how this team is still rallying behind him and why I think that he he should be remained, remaining the coach for this team next year. Most people would agree with that. You're not seeing anyone give up, and I think that's something that we should definitely stand behind. 
100%. I think it's something that we can have a much longer and larger discussion about. Again, I opened up the episode. I wanted to make it clear. This game was one of those games that tells me Brian Dable is the right man for the job. I, and I think that he's had a few games in recent weeks that really tell us that. Even last week against Philadelphia wasn't pretty. The Giants lost. But again, on the road in Philadelphia, they made it competitive. I am sick of the moral victories. Like I said last week, I'm not taking any moral victories from this week or last week. I'm just saying the team is fighting hard and that's something to be happy about. You can feel comfort going into next season with Brian Dable as the leader of that locker room because he clearly hasn't lost his command or control over the locker room. Again, no moral victories here, but if you're evaluating this team, if you're the owner of this team or you're the general manager of this team and you're trying to make an evaluation of what you've seen on the football field, one of the things that you've seen is this team playing for Brian Dable and you're seeing a good head coach still at work here and he needs to keep his job in my opinion. It's one of the main takeaways that I've had from the last several weeks dating back to that Green Bay game, New England game all those weeks ago. Those games, again, those are more examples where you say Brian Dable is doing a good job with this football team. This football team still lacks a lot of talent though. I think that showed up in this game. The Los Angeles Rams are a really good team with a great head coach and a lot of great players. But the defense played well. The defense really did give the Rams a run for their money. They made some great plays. You got to give your hat, you tip your hat to uh, Dane Belton, second year player. Jason Pennant goes down with an injury. Second year, Dane Belton steps in there, gets his hand on the football three different times. He's involved in three turnovers. That's rare. When was the last time we saw a Giants player do that? And for what it's worth, that's not new for Dane Belton. He, every time he's on the field, it seems like he gets his hand on the football. Like he's just a playmaker. He's just got a nose for the ball and a knack for getting interceptions and fumble recoveries and stuff I think he's a player who if you're looking at takeaways from this game the takeaway is Dane Belton's going to be a part of this defense next year he definitely earned himself a lot of playing time for next season the Giants can feel comfortable knowing that they have a young player who's starting to come on and develop properly and you could say that about a few players Jalen Hyatt had some hits today had some misses but he's developing you're seeing it and I think that's important you are seeing a few key players here that are developing and starting to turn into something positive for this team so it's going to be an interesting offseason as we keep saying still got one week left in this regular season curious to see what other takeaways we get next week as we look at this final regular season game maybe we get another great performance out of Dane Belton maybe we see more from Jalen Hyatt hopefully he gets his first touchdown of his career in his final season or final game of his rookie season I'd love to see that happen but it's been an interesting season no doubt and it's going to be an interesting offseason and it's going to be an interesting week leading up to this upcoming final game of the regular season against the Philadelphia Eagles so we're going to be excited to discuss all of these New York Giants topics right here on Fireside Giants so make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode subscribe to the channel if you are new ring the bell so don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section if you're listening on Apple or Spotify please make sure to leave us a five-star review go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants and once again thank you so much for all of your support throughout 2023 for the Fireside Giants channel right here. We really do appreciate you, and we hope that you have a happy, safe, and blessed New Year's Eve and a blessed 2024. So we'll catch you all on the next one. Have a good one, and let's go Giants.